Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. My guest today is Bolalle Williams-Solly. She's the CFO and co-owner of Mancini Duffy, a hundred-year-old tech-driven design firm in New York. She's a true multi-hyphenate. In addition to her C-suite role, she's a founder of several impact and non-profit organizations addressing needs of children, minorities, and small businesses. She's also the author of the best-selling book, Build Boldly, Chart Your Unique Career Path and Lead with Courage, which is practical playbook written to ignite individuals and leaders to take bold, courageous action and craft their own unique playbooks for success. Hello, Bolanle, and welcome to Back to Basics. Oh, thank you so much for having me and uh, that nice intro. Well, I love it. I love it, you know, and uh, my audience by now knows, I think when I read the introduction, that when it's going to be an engaging episode. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be one because I am really intrigued and I'm a fan of people that have been able to create that uh, extremely successful career at the sea level, but also gives back to the community and to impact causes. So, and I mean, I don't want to give any anything away, but for, from your name, we know, you know, you are not probably, you know, from the US. So that like me, you know, anybody that, was born in a maybe not that developed country and that has made it, you know, so big is also an inspiration. So why don't we start out there and tell us about your upbringing, where you're from and how those early years of your life were and what inspired you back there? Yes. So once again, thank you so much. Um, I am originally from Nigeria, born and raised there. Um, I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, big city, very similar to New York, but but in Nigeria. And, you know, went to elementary school and high school there, which I think I would not trade for anything, right? So family, culture, community, very, very important to us. You know, I was raised by a single mom who worked very, very hard, you know, to make sure I went to the best of schools. I got the best education. And in addition, um, when we're thinking about college, wanted me to have the best. And so, you know, for her, she went to Rutgers University, shout out to Rutgers in New Jersey. And so she knew that she wanted me to come to university in the States. So yeah, upbringing wise, family important, leaning into community important, helping people. My mom was a perfect example of, you know, she would speak to you know, the CEO of an organization or the bus driver or or whoever with so much respect and regard and just made them really feel like they were they were just another person. Uh, and so I always say that she might not um, know it or say it, but me indirectly watching how she interacted with people made an impression on how I treat people uh, nowadays. And so I moved to the States at age 17 I went to Hunter College in New York City, 
So I went from a big city to a big city, but a much, <laughs> much, much bigger city, right? So you can imagine 17 year old, I'd never lived away from home. But fortunately, I had family here that I ended up living with and then had this really rich experience at Hunter. So graduated with a degree in mathematics. That's not what I came here to study. So you can imagine the phone call I had to make when I said I would be switching my major. Uh, and <laughs> why, why did you come here to study? What yes, was... I wanted to do computer engineering. Uh-huh. Um, and I took physics the first semester. And I said, this is absolutely not for me. (laughs) (laughs) But I always had an affinity for math at a very young age. And I was fortunate to have a teacher in high school who kind of noticed that affinity, right? And they were like, you really, you really are great. So coming here, taking math courses, um, I was like, I think there might be an opportunity for me here. I went to the math department. I saw they had this applied mathematics program which allowed you to apply your math degree to real world. And, and then I minored in computer science. So that was the way I kind of like, you know, appeased my mom on the phone <laughs> when I called her to say I would be switching my major. Fortunately for me, she was very supportive of that decision. That is awesome. That is awesome. And I'm sure, and I don't know, was were there any challenges like transitioning from your country to, I mean, you say big city to big city, but you go to New York City, like this oh, city, probably, yes, yes. arguably, you know, anybody <laughs> would say uh, this city of the world. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that uh, some of the adaptation, what did you find like the hardest thing to adapt to? Oh, um, one was language, right? So in Nigeria, I mean, I, we spoke English, but it was, you know, British English, right? So a lot of the words I would use, <laughs> people were like, wait, what? You're saying the bin and, you know, for trash and all of that stuff. Also food wise, right? So, you know, you're used to eating your mom's food or, you know, food that you're comfortable with, food that you're used to. And so very quickly, I had to learn how to cook (laughs) Uh when I, when I moved here. And also just, it's easy to get lost in New York. It's easy to feel alone in New York. Fortunately for me, I had some friends who I went to, you know, knew from back home who also ended up in Hunter College, not Mm. planned. Mm. And so, um, you know, that idea of like building community again, leaning into people. um, Actually, my freshman friends were really nice. I think they knew that this girl came all the way from Nigeria. And so there there were some people who just kind of like drew to me and looked out for me. Um, so challenge wise, those were just some of the things I had to adjust to. I was fortunate before moving here to have visited a couple of summers with my mom. You know, it wasn't as big of a, a culture shock, but, you know, you have to figure out how to get to school by yourself. You have to figure out how to fend for yourself. Yes, there's um, some some help financially, but all of these things you kind of have to pick up and move really quickly so you don't get like lost in New York's New York big city life. Yeah, no, it sounds fantastic. So you change, you you course corrected, so to speak, in terms of what you studied. And then what happened is that what eventually, uh, because you've done so much, but I, I'm always, people that know me know I'm going to ask this question because I always so interested in those little turns yes. that life takes. So what happened then? You got your degree. Yeah, so I get my degree and I am weeks away from graduating with no internship experience, right? So yes, I said I want to apply this math to real world, but one of the things that 
I would say didn't quite luck out for me. One was finding a, an internship in, you know, financial services or wherever else uh, would allow me explore this degree. And so international student, very close to graduating, what, what are you going to do? So I start applying for jobs everywhere. I didn't want to be a teacher. I started applying for teaching jobs. Um, I did it, you know, all sorts of industries, right? Wherever I could um, plug myself into or put, put um, my resume forth, I was trying. But there was something that was happening with, with all those interviews I was doing and why they weren't clicking. It's because I was presenting myself as a cookie cut, cutter candidate. I thought that I knew what these people wanted to see and I would go into it and not um, essentially maybe be myself. However, the way I ended up in the architecture and design industry was sort of serendipitous. I was sitting in uh, our computer lab thinking about my life, saying, oh, I guess I'm going to have to go back home and I'm not going to have the opportunity to get to work in, you know, a corporate setting here. And I stumble on a job for a junior project accountant as an architecture firm. Now, mind you, I never wanted to be an accountant because my mother was an accountant. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go a different path. But I had taken technical drawing in high school. Mm. And so I was like, wait, when I took technical drawing, I completely loved it. Maybe it might be interesting to explore this job. I applied and they reached back out to me for an interview. But there was another intentional decision this 21-year-old girl made. I said, I'm going to go into this interview and I'm going to 100% be myself. I'm going to own my mathematics degree. I'm going to speak about the value that I can bring. Understanding that I might not have the experience, but I have strong character. You know, I'm going to show them how I'm thinking outside of the box with this degree. Like, how does it help me approach problems? How does it help me? navigate life. You know, I'm doing like this really hard master's thesis in fluid dynamics. There has to be some way <laughs> that I'm, I might be smart enough to figure figure things out. And I also had to get over that bias of, you know, not wanting to do accounting because mm-hmm. it was my mom's path, right? I was like, you, you have nothing to lose. That was um, a game changer for me because when I did that interview, the person interviewing me just connected with me. Right. Then we started talking about the math degree because he studied math also, Mm. you know, so we connected on other things. And, you know, I like to say, like, if you're in college, don't put yourself in a box. Be open to paths, but make sure that you're presenting yourself. Right. Because that's what that is, what is going to attract people to you, attract the right firm to you. And that's essentially what happened for me. So the next day, I think I was like, maybe now, what, three days to graduation or a week to graduation. I get the email saying I got the job, oh, ecstatic, wow. right? But it, it goes to a decision I made, right? And I said, no matter what the outcome is, I want to make sure that when I walked into that door, I, re- I felt that I represented myself well, right? Yeah. I was, I was Bolanli. I wasn't anybody else. I wasn't trying to be my other friends who, you know, had the big jobs at Goldman and, you know, wherever, you know, New York City financial life. I'm like, this is me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. 
And that's great. And and honestly, you were a very mature 21 year old. So kudos to, your, kudos to your mom, because whatever she did, you know, and it, obviously it's not only your mom, but I'm sure it has that self-confidence to, to as you said, you, you chose three words that I love, intentional, to make that intentional decision so young, to be curious, to explore something, yes. and then to get rid of that bias. That yes. because we say things at a very young age that we just decide and, they, and we yes. carry them with us. And we just by repeating and repeating them, we really believe them. And yes. so you, you know, I took a note because it's those I can see that. I mean, I haven't read your book, but I'm sure if it's in there, it's definitely very powerful because those three words really are yes. game changers, as, as you said. Yes, yes. Um, I like I like that you picked those words because those are the words that I write about in my book, right? Oh. Um, from a young age, very, very curious, always wanting to know about new things or how is it that the shoemaker fixes our shoes in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. And I would go and sit down with these folks and start like sewing shoes. So that that constant curiosity has helped me and pushed me so much further in my career because it's just opened me to opportunities that I might not have experienced. I do want to say back at age 21, I didn't know I was making an intentional decision, right? I didn't have the language around it Mm -hmm. then, but through the process of writing my book, that is what I was like, wait, no, you, you made a choice. You made an intentional choice that has sort of, you know, led you down this amazing path that I've now been on um, now 15 years later. Amazing, amazing. And so, of course, now you, you know, you're a CFO and that's your career progress. You know, I'm definitely interested in hearing about the nonprofits that you founded and all that. In terms of your executive, let's say, climbing the executive ladder and getting to where you are, what would you want to highlight in part of that that side of the journey? Sure. So I think one of the first things that I would love to highlight is, you know, the power of relationships. And, you know, building and nurturing relationships with various people that you meet as you are, as you're navigating and moving along in your career. Because one of the things you don't know is how that person might come back later on in life, which is my story, to help lift you up or to help propel you in the career that you've chosen. So for me, that power relationship, that very first job I had, I was very pleasant with the director of architecture. I was just, you know, a pleasant person in general. You were being you, as you said. You were being being you. Exactly. And we didn't work uh, together a lot. But I think, you know, I had made an impression. He will always tell you that story that I was the one person in the accounting group that would chat and talk with him (laughs) when, uh, you know, I either saw him in the hallway or, you know, whatever the case might be. And I move on to another company. This is now 10 years after I started at that first company. I get a phone call saying, oh, hey, would you like uh, an opportunity to come run a finance group? Here I am. I'm a senior project accountant now at this point in my career. I just had two babies. They're two under two. I had like a very early midlife crisis, professional crisis. I went back to school, which we will talk a little bit about. I went back to school to get another master's in education and policy. And I get this phone call and I said, you know what? Sure. Let me speak to whoever it is. And when, when I pick up the call, it is this director of architecture Mm -hmm. from the first job who is now president at Mancini Duffy. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, he's telling me all these great things about what, you know, Mancini is doing and the changes that he's trying to bring. And like, he just thought about me because of the interaction we had when I was starting out my career. Early on in the conversation, I mentioned about character. That's character, right? Absolutely. It's not, it's, it's not necessarily skill. I, I actually also wasn't, you know, I wasn't a CFO. I had never even been, you know, at that point in time in a leadership management, financial, you, you understand what I mean? But he saw something in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He knew that, you know, this girl would most likely rise up to the, rise up to the challenge if she is willing, of which I was willing. Oh, after like then he knew yes, you already and he we, knew. we hadn't been in touch right so again sorry so i'd say power relationships right and then again staying curious are you are you a constant learner how are you how are you developing yourself personally and professionally right are you constantly learning are you constantly opening your minds to you know new ways of thinking new opportunities um new ways of doing work new ways of leading mm-hmm. right so for me that is that is one of the things that you, you look for in a leader or I honor as a leader when I'm thinking about, you know, my role and how I'm leading people. How am I staying curious? And that has helped me at various points, right? I could have been shut off when that phone call came through and said, oh, no, 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 I don't want to take this phone call right now. But I was curious, Absolutely. Right? I was curious. And then, of course, like also, how are you lifting people? How are you, how are you? pouring back into people, right? So at every single point, as I've been navigating my career, I've found ways to lean into community, to pour back into community. It might not have been big, right? Sometimes people think it needs to be this big, boisterous or grand way. No, how are you helping your peers? How are you helping those that you're working side by side with, right? And so like those, those three things, many others, many others, but those three things have sort of helped me get to the position that I am today. Mm, That's very powerful. And I love, and I'm a firm believer like you of a power of relationships. And I would add the power of genuine relationships. For sure. Like when you do it with the heart and I'm like you, you know, if you go to my LinkedIn and people laugh because I say also, I tell the story when I started my career, my bosses was finding the cafeteria, chit-chatting with people, you know, and many times like, oh, you're not at your desk. But then when they needed to know, I was finding out who was working, doing what, you're working on what project. So when everybody had a question or something, they would come to me and I knew what was going around my surroundings because I took interest in what people are going through, what you're working on. And and that's something that, you know, often gets overlooked. So that's, I'm I'm happy you're making that point and, and not minimizing that even after you moved on after years, if you made an impression, people are going to think of you if for they sure. find an opportunity that is for you. And that is for about sure. lifting others up, which I love. For sure. For sure. Um, I don't take it for granted. Awesome. No, I, and, and, and that you're shooting out, shoot out to, I would say you're, he's a mentor, a sponsor, whatever it is, but also in the, in today's age, when you hear, you know, of a, of a great man that lifted up a woman on their way up, it, it even gets more credit, you know, because we know that that's been one of the, of the big blocks that unfortunately yes. we have, you know, that normally you ha- you help your peers and it tends to be somebody maybe from your same gender on both sides, you know? Yes. And so he saw the skills, he saw the the, the character and the talent, as you said, and, and made it happen, which is fantastic. 
Yes, yes, I, I I agree, and that's that's like a whole a whole conversation. I you know, know what I mean absolutely. in terms of like when you think about my industry, the architecture, interior design, engineering, construction. Who are the folks in leadership, and how are we lifting the women who need to, you know, now start moving up in the pipeline? It's the men. You need to create space for women to lift up. Then women, when we are there, we need to make sure we're amplifying strong voices. We need to make sure we're advocating. We need to make sure we're sponsoring um, other women within our organizations. But when you look across the board and you see the makeup of leadership in any male-dominated industry, how do you shake it up? It's by them creating space. You cannot, and, and it's not just space to say, oh, you're just coming up to like, you know, see a uh, uh, manager. No, like how are they actually having a seat at the table to make a difference for your organization, to make you start thinking about things differently? And when you have women in that room on that seat, you are more profitable. Absolutely. <laughs> you are more profitable. We bring our A game, you know, so... I think that's part of why I wrote the book. It's also to, it's a challenge to, to leaders to really, really look within, look within meaning personally, and then within your organization, what is really happening there and how can you begin to make bold changes? Uh, that's so spot on. And I, I totally agree, by the way, with, with what you said. And then I, if, if I add anything, it's just as women, we also, and minorities, anybody being able to get that opportunity when they do get the opportunity, pass on the baton, but also remain objective in terms of inclusivity. Because yes. if we execute and now we say now it's our turn and we become discriminatory on, on our own right, mm-hmm. and now we only look at what our pool of talent is, that we also create a problem. So we yes. have to be, we have also a responsibility with what's happening right now is let's not forget that it should be equal opportunities yes. for everybody. And yes, yes, we are making some corrections, historical corrections that we, some group hasn't had, hasn't had that same opportunity. But as we build a better future, I truly believe that it's also important to stay as inclusive. You know, that's why I love 100%. that. I love that word more than diversity. I love diversity, but it's inclusive. Everybody should get us a, a, an opportunity to, to advance, you know, based sure. on their own skills, talents, character, as you said. So yes. tell us a bit more about, because of course the book, I love the title of the book, you know, and uh, build boldly and chart your unique career path and lead with courage. So tell us a little bit about how this idea of writing the book came <laughs> and, you know, what, what did you wish to achieve and, and what's your promise to, to a future reader if they get the book? For sure. Um, so be hundred percent honest, 100% honest. I will be. I never, I never wanted to write a book, mm-hmm. at least not at this very moment. I mean, listeners, if you go back, you heard a little bit about my bio. I'm a, I'm a CFO. I got two kids. I am involved in a lot of numbers. Where am I going to find the time? <laughs> I, I, I love that you're sharing this because a yes. lot of people I know, if we pause, a lot of people are saying, that's why I haven't done it. So this yes. is good. So, okay. Where am I going to find <laughs> the time to even consider to write a book? And also it's just like, you know, oh, maybe you write a book at the end of the career. However, I'll go back to uh, January, 2021, you know, when I had a conversation with, I would call her like a big, big sister, big aunt, 
you know, I had approached her about something else. I was like, oh, I wrote a children's book with my kids. And we were having this introduction and I was telling her about my journey, right? It's just similar to how I've shared now and all the things that um, I've been working on, as well as how we are really changing, how we're leading people at our organization. And she said, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> all these things that you think that you've done that are like almost like second nature to you or you're glossing over, people need to hear from you. People do not, you know, sometimes automatically uh, approach problems the way you did. So, for example, when I had my interview with Christian, um, when he asked me to join Mancini, Christian is our president. I asked a lot of questions in that interview. I spoke about my shortcomings as, you know, I was like, listen, I've been doing a project accounting on a project level. How are we going to set me up for success so that when I step into this leadership role, I hit the ground running, right? I, I asked a lot of things and people sometimes don't do that in interviews, right? It's almost yeah. like, you you know, you just want to put your best foot forward. And when you get in, then you can start. No, I said, I want alignment before I join this company. So that's an example of some of the things I was sharing in that conversation. And then, you know, in my journey, being able to not only be CFO, but be co-owner of a, of a rich legacy uh, architecture company, it doesn't happen by chance. So what were the steps you did? What did you do? How did you get here? And she said, I don't mean to put any pressure on you, but I really want you to consider um, putting this in book format because I think people, women who are one, maybe navigating their careers need to hear from you as well as other leaders need to hear from you. So, so I, um, I hung up that call and I started having like this internal, again, maybe another crisis, like, am I really going to do this? Um, I know that there's, you know, I've shared stuff along the way, but it would be incredible, you know, if you actually wrote this book. And why not now? Why not while you're in the midst, you know, in the thick of your career, why not write this book now? And why not peel back the curtain so that your peers can see how you've gotten, gotten here so that your peers can, one, take it and run, you know, with the inspiration in their own career. Or even people who are starting out their careers, right? You just graduated college and you're like, how am I going to start navigating this, this world? They can learn from your journey. Even older folks, you're not too far. I'm like, I'm like, like in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was when I made the decision, you know, to really take a, take a moment to pause and reflect back on this uh, career journey so far. And so the word build boldly came to me at like 4 a.m. You know, the title of the book, it was like, I, I woke up, I was like, oh my God, bold, bold, bold. And I was like, at every moment in my career where, you know, I have either taken off, taken flight, or there's been exponential growth, it was because I leaned fully into the bold side of myself. And my path to leadership, my path to C-suite is non-traditional. I am like the most unlikely person to have made it. <laughs> It here. I didn't study accounting, finance, nothing, right? But I, 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 I some way, somehow figure this out, right? By working hard, by, by learning, by growing, by asking questions, by staying curious, all of these things. But themes began to, um, sort of like bubble up as I was thinking about it. And so that essentially, I mean, this is a very long answer, but I said I was going no, to be, you know, a hundred percent, hundred percent honest, but this was what, really inspired me to say, 
I'm going to do it. And so the kind of person I am, and also maybe my math degree, I was like, I'm not just going to say I'll do it, but I'm going to set a time. I'm going to intentionally, you know, every single week, craft out time to put put pen to paper, to plot my ideas, to speak, you know, whatever it is to just get everything out. I did it. And so going back to the, the last two questions you asked, you know, what do I want a reader when they pick up this book to get? I want them to understand that their own chart, their own path is unique to you, right? It might not look like the next person's own, but we are all unique. And so you should be in the driver's seat when it comes to defining what that path looks like. It might be traditional, right? You might have gone to school for accounting and you're moving up, but what are you doing along the way to make sure you have a fulfilled career path? What are, you know, you don't want to look back and be like, I spent 20 something years and, and what do I have to show for it? I want you to feel fulfilled as you're making your way in your journey. And that comes by being in the driver's seat. That comes by like not letting your career happen to you, but you then taking charge of it. And the lead with courage, right? Again, it's a challenge to leaders, right? How have you been leading so far? When you were coming up in your career, were there things um, that you didn't like <laughs> that a leader did for you? And how can you, how can you beat that change? And so I always say it's not really confidence. Courage comes first. The confidence builds, but you have to actually have the courage to start. You actually have to have that courage to make a decision to start making incremental changes with how you're, how you're leading your team, with how you're showing empathy, with how you're making good, sound business decisions that might not be comfortable for you, but you need to make it. All of that is wrapped up in, to me, in the word bold. And so in the book, I talk about the bold framework, right? And I'll share a little bit about that. Please be yourself, right? That was the very first thing I said. I'm always opening your mind to new definitions and opportunities. L is lifting others because you cannot make it to this position without pouring back. You will be so full. There's no space for you to learn more. So you have to make sure you're lifting others. And D is don't redo it now. What is the idea that you have that you want to explore? What is What has been stagnant within you? What have you not taken action on? Is it writing a book? <laughs> is it writing a book? You know, don't procrastinate. There is no better time than now to really lean fully into the amazing potential and possibilities that that exist for us all. Mm, that that's powerful, and I and I I know a lot of people are resonating uh, with this because uh, I really you know created this podcast to help people get unstuck because you know you recognize I recognize moments in my life where I was stuck. And even with, I didn't even know how to produce a podcast. And so I say, I like the idea, but it's like, how do you get it done? And, and people, I think, get stuck in, I don't know what I could do. Like, I, I'm sure that they follow you up to the moment where, okay, she started writing. And then what happened? Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure that that's a, a, a way we can help. Like, how do you get it published? How do you, you know, and self-publishing is an option. I, I don't know which route you went, but I think, don't you believe that people get like a little stuck? Because I think I could write it or or get the ideas out, but yes. who's going to help me with the entire process? And that's yes. like bringing it to fruition. That's, I think, that's a paralyzing fear, I think, that a lot of yes. people have. Yes, so you I are already at a hundred. You are at step 100 when you haven't even trusted yourself to take step one. Yes, right. So there's exactly. a lot of there's a lot of trust. 
I'm not saying it's easy work, right? I'm not saying, you know, oh, you're just going to have this idea and you run off and it will be great. No, but you, can you trust yourself to take that first step? Can you trust yourself that after you take the first step, the clarity you need to, to move on to the next will come your way? The help you need, the resources you need will come. They will, right? I'm clear example. Right. I said I had fears. Right. So a lot of people will see me and they'll be like, that girl's really fearless. Like she thinks of an idea. She wants she's doing her nonprofit. No, I feel the fear. I, I feel it. But I know that there's growth for me on the other side. There is something that I need to learn about either myself as a person, myself as a mother, myself as a spouse, myself as a leader, right? There is something that is on the other side of the process of that journey. And if that idea comes to me and I'm wrestling with it and it's not going away or, you know, somebody else hasn't like, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe I haven't seen somebody else who's doing it. It's stuck with you. It means that there's something that you need to learn, right? And I saw this meme or, you know, like I guess post on Instagram, you know, a lot of us say, oh, what's the worst that could happen? But this post said, what is the best case scenario? Yeah. What is the best case scenario, right? Where we've already like crafted a scenario in our head of how difficult and, you know, huge and uh, grand this thing is that we talk ourselves out, out of it before we can even give ourselves a chance. And so for me, I'm saying, just start iPhone, Apple. They started with version 1.0. Now we're on like Apple, I don't know, 14 Pro Max, but they have to start somewhere. Absolutely. So I'm saying, give yourself a chance, right? And take that first step. I have on my book, it's very intentional. I have steps. (laughs) (laughs) I have steps, right? Because I know it's, it's literally one step at a time. That's how I approach everything. That's how I approach seasons in my life. That's how I approach my day. Like, what is the one step? What is the one thing that I need to do today that would either get me, uh, you know, make me a better leader or help me move forward in the tasks that I have to do or a mom or whatever it is. But just trust yourself to take that one step. Now, me, I'm a believer. And so I was like, God, you placed this, you placed this idea in my head, in my head. I'm holding your hand. Like we are partnering and we are taking that step together. And I, I, you know, there's a lot of trust that comes with it. So whatever you believe, right, just trust that things will work out for your best. And you will, you will find out maybe you enjoy it or you don't enjoy it. And it doesn't need to be uh, something you should be focusing on. But no experience is wasted. I Absolutely. think that's that 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 would be my lesson. No experience is wasted. No experience is wasted. That's very powerful. And I also believe that you are your best cheerleader. If you cannot count on yourself to cheer for you, who are you going to count on? When we think that this is a solo journey, no matter how we want to believe that we have our family and people yeah. supporting it, but really at the end of the day, it is a solo journey. Yes. And if you're giving up on yourself from the get go on whatever idea we have and you're not willing to cheer on yourself, that it's sad, you know, that it's you are your best cheerleader. And I think once people embrace that idea that I can do this and I'm going to take one step. I mean, you you provided so many good 
tidbits of wisdom and advice here. And uh, the one that resonated, I say, I feel the fear, but I know there's growth for me on the other side. That is very powerful. And I think everybody can relate to that. There's yes. no way that one cannot see something that excites you and think about it and not know that there's fear, of course, yes. but that if you do it, you're going to grow. As you say, no experience is going to be wasted. So it's really a, a win-win situation all the way around. Always, always. There's, um, you know, I, I think the last thing I'll say about that is, you know, people feel like, oh, you've been, you know, folks do it for a really long time or, you know, in your career or whatever it is. And you don't feel that fear. No, <laughs> with each level, there comes a different, you know, it's a different, it's a different aspect of yourself you've never experienced. Absolutely. So the, that's what I'm saying when I say the fear doesn't go away. Yes, you you might, you know, you you, you learn how to approach um, situations maybe a bit better or differently. But each level as you're moving on in life, that fear is always there. There's always like, you know, a little voice, but you, you know, you got it. You have your track record. You can look back at, you know, the steps that you've taken and the things you've overcome. There's track record. Trust yourself and trust the things that have happened in your life. That's proof that you can, you know, navigate and, and make your way through. And so you can tackle, you know, the things that are coming your way or any idea that you want to explore. Try it. How wonderful. And 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 because you say that, I definitely want to touch upon before we end about, you know, you, you discuss a lot about being of service, helping others. So this is important to you. So I know a big part of your initiatives is you founded several nonprofits, which I believe uh, she builds waves, she builds money and rich Nigeria. Is that three or there's more because you oh, have a <laughs> lot going on? Yes. Um, so there's clearly, I love the word build. It's like a, it's like a, I'm paying homage to my industry. So the, the ACS mm -hmm. yeah, industry it. is called the built industry, but also it's it's a word that has just stuck with me, right? We're constant, I'm constantly building life. I'm building up my kids. I'm building up people, building up myself. Um, so yeah, so there's She Builds Lives, which is my nonprofit that um, focuses on going into low-income communities in Nigeria, uh, helping children uh, when it comes to education, um, providing resources as well as access, um, infrastructure uh, for these children living in, in all these various communities. So right now, currently, we have two schools. One is called Wainina uh, School. It's in a floating community called Makoko. Mm. And some of these children have never even lived, been on land. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. You know, but, you know, situation is, is, is tough for them, but, um, they still need to be cared for. Education still needs to be brought to them and delivered to them, right? And so um, I work very closely with the principal. I adopted the school now maybe about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. um, in 2019, we built a new structure. It was incredible for me to be a part of, to see how the community really pulled together. Even the way they use materials, right? It's it's a floating community. Yes, I could have come from my own firm and said, hey, we're going to build this for you. But no, they know how to go into the woods. They know how to get the wood that they use. They know how to treat the wood. Like all of these things that you don't think about, mm. right? So we have over about 200 kids there with many, many more that would, would love to receive education. We're trying our best. We're you know, nonprofit is 10 this year. So big goals for me. Oh, wow. Uh, we also have another 
another um, learning center. It's called our tutored learning center. That is in an internally displaced people's camp in another state called Abuja. Uh, and so what I do is, again, trust relationships, right? These are, I have folks who are on ground, other nonprofits who are on ground that I work very closely with uh, to make sure that, you know, these things that we want to see happen for these children actually come to pass. Mm. Yeah. So that's She Builds Lives. You know, we've done several projects over the last 10 years. I'm really excited. We'll be 10 this year and I'm looking forward to the next 10 and beyond. Uh, she Builds Waves is an initiative I started for women within the within the AEC built industry. And it's really just more about fostering conversations like the one we're having, right? Amongst women, interdisciplinary, whether you're an architect, you're an accountant, legal, whatever it is, but like, how can we really support each other as we are making waves in our careers and beyond, right? Uh, we can do our jobs really well, but like all of those other things that affect how we show up, like, are we talking about it? And so Right now, it's more informational. We're always putting out like, you know, tips to help women move forward strongly in their career. She builds money. That, that one, I, I absolutely adore it. I'm like, I've been still, yeah, I've gotten all this um, amazing knowledge about finance uh, over the last 15 years. How can I help a small business owner feel financially um, empowered? Mm-hmm. But breaking down these big topics in small, keep it so simple uh, language, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am the, the the professional, meaning I understand what receivables are, but a small business owner probably just wants to know, am I going to be okay financially this month? Mm-hmm. What does the next six months look like for me? So I pride myself in taking complex topics and making it um, digestible and relatable uh, for people to key into. And so again, a lot is informational, right? Putting out resources, putting things out so that people feel like it's accessible to them and then they can run off in their businesses. And Reach Nigeria essentially connects people with causes, right? So perhaps you have a cause that you're passionate about, but you don't even know where to start. We amplify the works of other nonprofits. Um, we share their, their events, their volunteer opportunities, we also spotlight um, founders as well as volunteers, right? So who is behind the organization and how can we support you or how can we make sure that the community knows about the work you're doing? And then from a volunteer's perspective, what does it mean to volunteer and how can you get more people excited about this? I don't do all of this alone, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I don't do all of this alone. As, you, as you've heard me share time and time again, I, I'm working with people, right? I'm delegating. Um, the other thing I want people to know from my story is that there are seasons. Life is seasonal. There, there are moments where you have to be mommy full time. Mm-hmm. There are moments when I have to be CFO, you know, and I'm thankful for my amazing uh, husband that helps out uh, at home. You cannot do any of this without community and without understanding what season you currently are in your life. There is heads down season. There is rest season. If not, you will be burnt out. Um, There's harvest season, right? Where all the seeds that you planted over time begin to harvest. And are you ready for that? So I'm very, very in tune with making sure I'm checking in with myself, checking in with my husband, where we are right now as a family. Um, um, are the, are the 
priorities, what is priority currently? Is it still the same or have they shifted because, you know, maybe maybe things are a bit busier at work or things are busy at home? And I make sure that, you know, at work, people know this because it gives other moms the agency to like fully be a mom, right? Like, oh, yes, Bola is in this position, but the, today is just about her kids, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I, yeah. I think I totally resonate with that. And I'm happy you mentioned it because I think it's important when you see an accomplished woman like yourself that has so much going on. And uh, I'm sure you get like me. I get this question all the time. How do you do it all? Like, how do you like that's probably the question I I get asked the most is yeah. how do you fit it all? And I say, but I'm very proud of being, I love to cook for my family. I love to take care of my kids. I come from a very traditional family. So sometimes people get surprised how much of that traditional role I take because they see also my persona, like with you, Mm -hmm. and you run in companies doing so many amazing things. But I think the role of the family, it's the most, the role of a mom is the most important job one can have my kids don't yes fancy title cool oh yeah the book cool cool yeah. okay mommy i need breakfast i need pancakes exactly. i need french toast <laughs> i have my non-negotiables at home mm-hmm. breakfast time the morning time with my kids is a non-negotiable for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we spend it together right i'm fortunate that my mom is actually currently here with me so she will help <laughs> me out in dinner time uh yeah right? that's great you understand what I mean? But I think women like think about what is what what are the non-negotiables in your home? And if you're fortunate enough, because I understand it's a privilege, mm-hmm. what are some of the things you can outsource? Yes. And if you can't outsource it all, are you able to maybe ask for help on on some things? Don't be afraid to receive help. Right. So when I say outsource, so for example, maybe like cleaning, right? So some people might not be able to afford outsourcing once a month, but is it something you can do once a quarter just so you can have mm-hmm. <laughs> a space to think, right? Is it something you do once in six months? Your 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 psyche yourself will, would appreciate it. Yes. And then as you are, as you know, we we as you're as you're as you're getting more financially stronger, growing, think about like, okay, can I add it, it add a little bit more into my budget? Right. What are the things that are grinding you that you don't really enjoy? And how can you maybe either outsource it just to bring some relief to yourself, just so that you're spending your time doing things that you really want to enjoy, like mornings with your children? Mm. You understand what I mean? So that, that so, that's for me. Some people it's cooking. Some people it's cleaning. You understand what I mean? But think about like just just take a look at the things that you're you're doing at home and how you're being a super mom, which I, I love my super moms, but maybe you can um, bring some relief to yourself with letting go of some of the things that are, are you don't necessarily have to do. Mm, very powerful advice. So, Bola, I mean, we on for I could talk. I can now know that we have can have uh, other episodes on other yeah. subjects, which has happened before with some of my guests because there's so much wisdom in you, and I really thank you and. You know, you see, uh, you're definitely an inspiration. So I always like to end, you know, asking in those moments where you're handling so many, wearing so many hats and you feel depleted from that inner energy, that inner, what's the go-to thing or practice that uh, reconnects you with what makes you tick? Two things. The first is sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that one. Uh, People always say, oh, do you, listen. 
10 o'clock or 9.55, I am in bed asleep Mm -hmm. because there's nothing like getting rest consistently. Yes. Right. Getting rest consistently. The problems or challenges, sometimes if it's a challenge ceiling for you right now, it's going to be there the next day. So why don't you, rather than like stressing yourself out, try to get some rest because rest brings clarity. I always say that you cannot approach your challenges if you don't, if you're not thinking with a clear mind. Mm. Right. So for me, it's rest. And then for the second thing is, you know, crafting out something that I'm doing for myself only. Not with my husband, not with my children, not with friends, but what is the the one thing that you enjoy doing alone? So so for me, it's working out, right? Just keying in, being by myself. My children know if my mom is working out, don't come interrupt her workout. They still come. But guys, please, this is mommy's time, you know? Or maybe for you, it might be reading a book. Or maybe for you, it might be doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, you're, we're so constantly distracted and disrupted in our thinking. Maybe you just need like 15 to 20 minutes sitting in your car mm-hmm. after drop off, thinking about absolutely nothing. Make sure that you're doing something for yourself only. And that's how you can, you know, fix your cup. That's how you can get your cup back to where it needs to be standing wise and not like about to tip over. Because you're giving so much of yourself to everyone that you have forgotten to give back to the one person who needs it. Mm, well, what a great, great way to close in that interview. I think you are definitely the first one I think ever that has mentioned sleep. <laughs> and I think it's so true. I don't know if I would mention, but when you think about it, we think ticking and we think sleep and maybe they don't go together, but they so they go very well together. I can see that. So thank you for that. I, I love when I have one of those first off answers that we never heard. So thank <laughs> I'm you glad to that. have provided that moment. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Bola. And, and this has been fantastic. I, I will share all the links to your nonprofits in the episode notes and also, you know, Congratulations on on being the CFO of such a, you know, legacy company, 100 years old and, and all you're doing and for being an inspiration really in everything you share. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation. Likewise. And to you out there, just, you know, sit down and breathe in all this wisdom and find that one thing you're stuck on and go and take one step at a time. Thank you so much. And until the next episode of Back to Basics. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you, and until the next time.